This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. The Modern Vinyl Podcast combines the colorful conversations overheard at your neighborhood record store with insightful criticism that goes beyond the surface noise. Located at Modern-Vinyl.com and find them on your favorite podcast app by searching Modern Vinyl Podcast or through JabberjawMedia.com. Upcoming episodes include interviews with the likes of Jay Sum and Plumtree, along with discussions on the Vagrant Records catalog, their annual Record Store Day Awards show, and the conclusion of their Revisiting the Smith series. Once again, located at modern-vinyl.com and as always, jabberjawmedia.com. Throwing around accusing me of molesting your daughter, Chris. You know I'm gay as hell. Bobby says Shamika was hardly more than a one-night stand. Daytime television has been stale forever. You are not. We need a new voice. And it's gotta be brutal. Corpse grinder in the afternoon. Yeah, I guess I am. And your eyelashes is on fleek. You is cute, boy. And I think you should die. You are an idiot and I hate your voice. Finally, a daytime talk show host who isn't afraid to tell it like it is. Your music sucks and you're an asshole. Can you handle the truth? I just, I just want to tell it, you know, I'm just tired of being fat. You're uh, not supposed to agree with me. Corpse Grinder in the afternoon with your host, George Corpse Grinder Fisher, weekdays at 1, only on The CW. I mean, I haven't heard a no from you guys, and I don't like anything about you. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> What's going on, guys? It's Metal Sucks Podcast back again. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brandon Hahn, and hello. I'm always joined by my other co-host. I'm Petter Spych over here. And this week is a very special episode. We're really excited to get it out to you guys. We are celebrating one of our favorite metal records labels out there, Metal Blade Records. Um, it's their 35th anniversary, so uh, we uh, pitched a special kind of episode, and everybody kind of took it. So we yeah. got a bunch of interviews for you guys this week from um, different eras of that uh, label and bands that we loved growing up. So Yeah, it's funny because usually every week that we do this episode, we like try and find like a bunch of topics to talk about and stuff, and this time we didn't have to do shit. We're well, just going to let you guys hear the interviews. Yeah, so a lot of you guys are going to be like, yes, interview time, and a lot of you guys are going to be like, yes, interview time. <laughs> <laughs> so We know what you're here for, you scumbags. <laughs> so first and foremost, guys, the first guy we got to interview, Brandon, got to talk to him as uh, uh, none other than Joey Vera from uh, Fate's Warning and many other bands, but Armored Saint is the uh, the main piece that we'd like to talk about. So we're just going to jump right in. He's going to give you guys a little bit of his story on that. And um, here we are. Here's Joey Vera from Armored Saint. Say hello to Joey. Metal sucks here. And we got Joey Vera basses from Armored Saint and Fate's Warning. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate talking to you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. No problem. So uh, Metal Blade celebrating those 35 years on the planet that's insane and uh, you've yeah. been with metal blade for all three day de- well all three decades and a half with uh, armored saint and fate's warning tell us at what point you knew this label wasn't going away anytime soon <laughs> um that's a good question um you know i don't know i think you know you never i don't never, i never thought of those terms really i just knew that from the get-go that as long as uh you know brian slagle had anything to do with the label that it was going to be it was going to just keep going and be a success on any level 
And the reason I say that is because he, from day one, from the minute I met him, knew that he was just a, a huge, gigantic fan of music, you know, first and foremost, before anything else, before before being a businessman or, you know, anything else other than that. He's a music fan first, and he really, truly just lives and breathes this genre. And, um, you know, when you when you think of it in those terms... It, it just has to keep going. <laughs> right, right. And uh, when you finally decided on Metal Blade, what was it? What was the uh, final des- deciding factor? Because I'm sure you guys had a few people, you know, trying to get you to sign with them, or you guys were trying to get multiple places to take a peek at you. Like, how did that process go? Well, to be honest with you, our, our story is a little different because we kind of came in during during Metal Blade's kind of ground floor you know, start, um, Brian first approached us in, in late 82. So he was just putting out Metal Massacre 2, um, when we met Brian. And so at the time he'd only had what, I don't know, I, I, I should know this, um, probably three or four releases at that point only. Uh, I could be wrong, but something in that neighborhood and uh you know at that time 1980 late 1982 our band was only six months old at that point so we were we were we were just you know 18 19 year old punks smoking pot drinking beer playing iron maiden tunes and jewish priest tunes and then writing a few originals for armored saint and just you know starting out we had no real uh sort of business savvy or or intentions at all at that point it was just really just having a blast doing it and having fun and starting to play shows local clubs and stuff like that so when we met brian it was we had didn't really know much about brian or his or metal blade they were just starting out we were familiar more with his fanzine um and um that was that was kind of like a big deal for us, you know, like forget about getting signed to, you know, major labels. That just seemed way too far out of reach or just not even comprehensible in, or any other labels for that matter. But just meeting Brian and knowing that he was in L.A., he was a local guy and he had a big passion for the music. And um, we knew about uh, the his fanzine and we were just like in awe of of him just from that so we didn't have anything to compare it to or didn't have any desire to to say you know well hold on we're gonna shop around a bit you know <laughs> we really didn't didn't think in those terms back then so um he offered us an opportunity to be on metal massacre 2 and um, we hurried up and did a quick demo and we gave him Lesson Well Learned and um, the song Lesson Well Learned. And he put track one, side one. And for, for us, that was just like a, a huge victory without even really trying. So um, it was just it was just great. And uh, you stayed with them the entire time. Is it is that just flat out loyalty? I mean, you've got you all those bands. They've obviously made it. They've had the major records. Well, records hit them up. But you guys stayed with them. Well, you know, our, we've always come back to Metal Blade. We we did leave. Uh, we put out. Um, we put out the. You know, we were on Metal Massacre two, and then uh, six months later, really, um, Metal Blade put out a three song EP, and that came out in uh, summer of '83. And then by the end of that year, 
um, we started to get a lot really popular. We were one of the biggest bands in L.A. And then along with every other metal band in L.A. at that time. <laughs> um, and major labels were, were picking bands up left and right. So we got a couple of labels came knocking on our door. Chrysalis Records was one of them. And um, Brian was always been super gracious and generous, generous and, and just like, you know, I'm just here to support the band and the music scene. He doesn't have any like loyal, like any kind of like ego or uh, he's not like um, he doesn't need to hold on to everything that he touches forever. He's just supporting the bands and he loves the music. So when when he it came time to let us go to a major label, we signed to Chrysalis in, in 84 he was absolutely gave us his blessings and he's always supported our band. Even when we were on Chrysalis, we made three re records with them and then we got dropped in the late eighties and in the early nineties, um, we, we sort of reformed and got back together and we're looking for other labels. And Brian was right there saying, look, you know, if you guys, you know, keep me in mind because I want to keep working with you, whatever you, whenever you do. So we, we just knew that, you know, coming back to Metal Blade was was something like we um, coming back to family. You know, I mean, we we know that he's going to just support us no matter what. And he's been he has been like that since day one. So, um, you know, it's just been, you know, it's funny because I've been doing interviews for a live record we just put out. And um, people are asking me a lot about, you know, you know how long we've been together and how we're able to actually still do this at all like regardless of where we are as far as a label goes and i always come back to the fact that you know we're just astounded and humbled by this amount of support we get not just from our fans you know our fans are a big part of it because they they have a you know they keep wanting us to make music and and they support what we do and they ha they have since day one but the same holds true for Metal Blade and for Brian Slagle. You know, he's he's just really given us an opportunity to you kind of like just live our dream. You know, I mean, we're on a label at this point, 35 years in, that is basically telling us, you know, Brian's kind of handshake agreement with us is that he says, you know, you guys just keep doing what you're doing and I'll put out the music, you know, whatever you want to do is fine with me. So it's not like he's you know, inside and trying to shape us or change us or make us do stuff we don't want to do. Or, right. You know, it's not like that. It's complete opposite. And for us, we're like a kid in a candy store. It's like, really? We can just make the music we want to make? <laughs> this is amazing. So, you know, I always, I've been saying this in interviews, and I'm going to say it again, that we just, we were, we're so humbled and gracious and grateful that we have that kind of support from a record label like Metal Blade. And I'm, and on the same hand, I'm really, really proud of what Brian's created for himself and for the label and the genre. You know, he really has stood the test of time. He's already made a mark. And it's just, we're just honored to be here. Right. And uh, we've seen the transition while with Metal Blade from vinyl to compact disc to download to streaming. Which one of these transitions was the most positive for the bands and the label? Positive. Well, you know, I think that the, you know, the, the first, the first one probably was a big one because going from cassettes and LPs over to a digital medium uh, being CDs was 
was a really big transition for everybody in the market. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that that was probably their biggest um, sort of welcoming, you know, uh, situation with changing in media formats. You know, the other stuff has kind of been maybe a thorn in the side. It's a very difficult thing. There's a lot of gray areas with, with digital and streaming right now, digital downloading, I mean, and streaming, you know, as far as how to monetize these sort of things. And it's been a struggle, not just for Metal Blade, but it's been a struggle for the entire industry. So, um, you know, it remains to be seen how um, how beneficial it will be. I do know that um, at this point, it's probably been a learning curve and, a, and a, something to get over, but just the, the digital download um, medium is really at this point actually starting to show, I think, a lot of profits for for a lot of labels, for most labels, I think. And for a long time, it was kind of hard to see. It was like, well, I don't know, CDs are way outselling digital downloads. But at this point, it's it's almost flip-flopped, and digital downloads are actually outselling everything else. So, you know, I think it's always been a learning process and for everybody. Metal Blade has also had their, <laughs> had their uh, time to do that. And, you know, again, this is a label that's been through the thick and thin, and with uh, all these things changing in the industry all the time, it's a pretty hard thing to to, to uh, figure out and do because you're kind of alone. You know, labels by them. You know, Metal Blade's a good example. They're, they've been on an island by themselves for a long time. You know, independent record company. You know, it's I, I almost don't think of them as that anymore. I, I think of them as a as a major label at some in, in some ways. But there's like there's island that you have to figure this stuff out on your own. It's not like they can go over to Warner Brothers or or Universal or Sony right, yeah. and say, hey, <laughs> hey, can you guys help us out? Because we're trying to figure out this new thing. It's called, you know, streaming. And like, how do you guys do it? You know, so they've really had to sort of just be like, like MacGyvers, you know, and just figure this stuff out on their own. And they've done an amazing job. It's, it's no easy task. And uh, Armored Saint has definitely gone, gone through that as well. I mean, you guys went through that as well. And, uh, and, and being such a an iconic band, especially in Los Angeles, and it's like there's so many uh, you know metal bands that hail from there. What would you tell like a young person starting out in a band? Like what the most important thing uh, is to be successful in a band? Well, yeah, that's a that's a hard question. I get asked that a lot, and my I only really have like um, kind of my stock answer. <laughs> okay. And and that is really like. You know, I think no matter what you do, and this kind of goes across the board with whatever you choose in life, and it's really the same for being in a band or being a musician, you really got to love what you're doing for just for the art of it, for the sake of making music and or being a performer um, or anything. You know, you really got to love what you do. Um, You can't be misguided by... um, by some of these other things, I think sometimes people I meet they they get they they have this illusion that um, that uh, you know um, being successful means you're going to be financially you know set or that you're going to be happy you know with with uh, whatever you know with with magazine covers or with you know making a video or making a record you know and those things um 
you know, it, it really is a tough business to be in. Uh, being a musician is is hard, and, it, and I almost think it's harder now than it's ever been. But, um, you know, I, so I say, like, you just really got to love what you do and do it for the sake of, of, of making music and, and, and do it for yourself, you know. You got to be happy with, you know, with just looking yourself in the mirror and, and don't and you know playing in front of thousands of people it's a great it's a great high don't get me wrong but at some point you come off stage you know there's work that goes and, into it yeah you know it's so you got to be you got to love what you do and it's it's not an easy it's not an easy gig it's not for everybody you know it takes a certain personality the only way you're going to know is if you get out and try it um I just think that uh, get out there, try it, do your best, enjoy what you do. Don't stress on all the little things. I think people stress out on all too many little things and try to keep a big picture and focus. Yeah, and I, and I think I understand what you're saying because when you are doing something that involves art, creating something, especially something that you created yourself and you want to get that out to the people, it is almost a competition with other people that are in the same situation that you're in. You know, you, like, like you said, like uh, Armored Saint, when you guys started out, you were only, what, 18, 19, you were in a band for six months, all of a sudden you get a record label. I'm sure there were a lot of bands out there that were wondering, like, what are they doing that's so right? I mean, I'm just as good as they are. But there was <laughs> obviously something that you guys had that they didn't. And, I mean, like, do you think it was just work ethic? Do you think it was the fact that you guys all bonded and just moved on quickly? I mean, like... uh well, look, I'll be completely honest about this. Um, we happen to be at the right place at the right time. Um, so there's a, there's a factor of luck involved with, um, with certain things that, um, you know, with being in a certain place where something's going to change your life. So that's, that, was our, that was a situation for us. The industry was changing in, in the United States and, and it, at Los Angeles being a kind of an epicenter for the business, we just happen to be living here and we happen to be at that time playing in a band where this new genre of music called quote unquote heavy metal was becoming more popular. And all the record labels were searching all the local clubs to see who was, who was selling them out and who was bringing in people. So, it wasn't just us. I mean, everybody that was here got signed. Wasp, Rat, Black and Blue. Um, you know, it, the list goes on. A little bit later, Poison, Guns N' Roses, um, L.A. Guns. I mean, it just, everyone was getting a record deal. Um, so it wasn't so much that, you know, <laughs> we had something that somebody else didn't. Um, it was that we were at the right place at the right time, and we met you know, a couple of people who made our life change in a way where we secured a, a couple of record contracts, Brian Slagle being one, and then the second one being Ron Fair, who signed us to Chrysalis. And it's sort of arbitrary at that point. Um, so, um, you know, the thing is with, like, bands, you know, trying to get stuff done now it is harder now as i said because the competition is just it's there's so many more fish in this in this aquarium trying to get that record deal so it's really hard to make you to, to to get yourself noticed and to stick your neck out and to and to try to get attention to try to get your music out there 
So um, that's kind of why I say, like, you know, you you really got to be happy with what you do and what you're doing. And if if, if all you're doing is, is you end up and you're, you're playing in a, a coffee shop in front of 30 people, but you absolutely love it, like it brings you the most joy ever in the whole world, then you have to keep doing it, you know? Right. You, that is your, you need, this is your bliss, and you need to follow that. But um, if your only intention is to like, get a record deal and everything else you don't care about at some point down the line, you're going to end up feeling very empty and, and, and dissatisfied. And you'll find that, that there is no big payoff, you know? (laughs) Oh dude, it's, it's a difficult climb. That's for sure. Uh, so you guys, so, uh, Armored Saint just released a brand new live album, Carpe Noctum. And we've seen you guys many times. And the question I have is, does John Bush ever have a bad show? The guy always sounds like he's on point, dude. (laughs) (laughs) um he does he's human you know um and uh the thing that's tough for john um is that um he's a type of singer where he at this point in his life i guess i should give you a little bit of backstory he's he's a he's a guy who's super conscious of his voice it's a muscle he knows it he knows how to train it he knows how to take care of it um, and he does so more than he has probably ever in his life. So he is singing better now than he ever has because of that. So he is very, um, you know, he's very much a strict guy when it comes to taking care of his voice. So when you see him sing and he's sounding and he's having a great night, that's a result of him working hard. You know, I mean, it's he's he's got a great work ethic in terms of just taking care of his voice and all that. Now his singing style is a little bit of a, it's a you know everybody knows it's guttural and raspy and full of soul. He's not a very uh, you know clean singer, let's say, like compared to say someone like I don't know, uh, I don't know Jeff Tate or someone who just sings in a higher range and is in a cleaner sounding voice. John's a little bit more like um, Bon Scott. Yeah, from ACDC, you know, kind of just bluesy and guttural. But and it's just, one of a kind, though, you know. It's super one of a kind, yeah. So his biggest caveat when he's touring is if he gets sick. <laughs> if he gets sick, he gets a head cold or a throat infection or upper respiratory. It totally changes the way his voice moves. And he has a hard time and he struggles with that. If he gets sick, he has been known to have some off nights it's due to the illness so he usually only lasts one or two shows and then he bounces back and then he starts to he gets better and he starts singing better again so to answer your question you know he's human he has a couple of bad nights but they're at this point in his career there are few and far between and uh armored saint you know it takes some time for you guys to release records and uh it actually took a lot like a lot of time before you guys released a win hands down and it was so good and it got a lot of momentum and are you guys planning on releasing new music as a result of that uh, well we get asked that a lot too recently we you know <laughs> we don't really have any plans to sit down and start sketching on the on the you know on that writing table just yet um we're um we're still you know enjoying the 
you know, whatever, this kind of wave or whatever you want to call it of, uh, of stuff. We're getting live shows offers still to play. So we're still kind of, you know, enjoying playing live and doing shows and stuff. So we don't really have any immediate plans right now. Um, the truth is that the way we've made each record in the past has always been, um, well, of the recent past, I should say, not not in the very beginning, but in the recent past, um, is that we just kind of wait for something really inspiring to get us to start writing again. It's never been a situation where we've had a schedule, you know, like, okay, we're going to start writing the record in June, right. and then we're going to record in August, you know. Um, the Lately, the schedule's been more like, yeah, John, I got a couple ideas I just started working on i was watching tv and something inspired me and then i wrote this song and you know hey what do you think and then i sent it to him and it's either yay or nay <laughs> and if it's a yay then i'll say yeah all right hey all right what else you got oh i got this other thing and then it just starts snowballing you know that's really like <laughs> it's really as simple like that um so we don't know we'll have to wait and see uh what kind of tv show inspires me in the near future <laughs> start watching some ice road truckers come on get on <laughs> right so uh with metal blade records well a few more questions here what is your favorite young band currently on that label my favorite what band a young band young band well, you got to define young because some of these guys are, they're getting up into their 30s now, which is like, jeez, yeah, they're getting, they're getting to be old men <laughs> at this point. Um, you know, uh, let's see, that's that's kind of tough. There's there's a lot of bands that I, that I like on there that have been, but they with them for a while, though. Um, but I guess maybe the youngest one I could think of at this point would be... Maybe between the buried and me, um, but uh, they've been on the record label for a while. But um, there's, uh, you know, I, there's I like them. I like Amon Marth. I'm, I'm starting to get into the older sections now, though. Amon Marth, um, as I lay dying, was a, was a. I liked them a lot. Woven War. They're kind of a newer band, but a result of, uh, you know. Uh, as they lay dying on earth. Um, uh, who else have I been following them? Those are, those are a handful for now. Right. Have you ever heard a young band and just thought, you know what? I like to think, you know, we had something to do with that. <laughs> you mean, did I ever say that? I mean, like, have you ever heard it? You ever heard a young band and you're just like, you know what? I like to think that they're Armored State fans. Like, maybe they might have taken some, like, a piece, a piece from you guys and a piece from this band and a piece from that band. Uh, I, I can't really say that I've, I, I say that myself. I've had people tell me that or people say to me, like, uh, hey, that guy was a big fan or, you know, I've met people that have said that to me. Right. Um, I, there's a there's a there's a video on YouTube with Lane Staley when he was in a high school band before he joined Allison Chains and his and he's singing False Alarm from Armored Saint um, in a high school band. It's, it's, so that I mean that that's that was a pretty cool thing to see. Um, one year I did a jam with a bunch of different musicians. I think it was a Dimebag tribute. We played here in L.A. and um, 
I got to jam with Joey Jorgensen from Slipknot, and uh, uh, in talking to him that day, he 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 used to tell me that he grew up listening to Armored Saint. And he said, you know, like Raising Fear was his favorite, you know, favorite uh, album from that era, and it reminded him of the summer of, you know. Reminded me of the summer of '87 or something <laughs> right. like that. So, um, it, the, you know, I have those kind of things I've 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 been aware of, but um, it's not often I listen to a band and hear and, and kind of pick out things like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like us. You know, I, I can't really say that I've I've heard that really. Mm-hmm. And our last question, and this is an important one: Who the hell at the label pays for those stomach-turning cattle decapitation videos? And have you ever watched them? <laughs> well, Brian Slagle pays for him. He's, <laughs> well, of he's, course. He's, 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 it's his sick mind who <laughs> signed them in the first place. Um, no, um, yeah, they're great. I mean, those. I did a. Uh, I did some recording with with them doing some. Um, I don't know. They were doing some live stuff or something, and uh, uh, those guys are super over the top. And I love their sense of humor. You know, the whole sort of twist on vegetarian zombieism you know it's it's great i love it um super cool guys too so that that's another great band on the label i mean there's so many there's so many unique and great bands um that are on the label um which is it's been really cool thing to see that you know they've they've taken this genre and there's just so many subgenres within it and metal blade's basically been able to support and um and get their hands involved with all of it so, um, yeah, it's all good stuff. It's all sick, and it's all good heavy metal. <laughs> Excellent, man. Well, Joey Vera, uh, Armored Saint, Fate's Warning, once again, thank you for calling in to the uh, Metal Sucks podcast. Once again, Armored Saint's got that new live album out right now, Carpe Noctum. Go out there, pick it up. You definitely won't be disappointed. Joey, thank you so much for calling in, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. This pleasure was mine. Thank you guys for everything.
guy man super cool guy super cool unbelievably guy. friendly and the and song you guys did here it's last train home uh they just released a live record um carpe noctum right uh just uh, a little while ago i want to say a couple months back so uh, uh we took a song off of that record but um just I, I just like how i like how um he was talking about the uh, california scene where i like because i didn't know i thought maybe there was like everybody had like claw their way to the top like they do now and yeah. he's like no dude everybody was getting record contracts shut up stupid you know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean he didn't call me stupid but you could tell in his inflection it's uh that's a that's a i, I just because i i know what you're saying man it's like you never know but you're always there's always an assumption in the back of your head this is probably how it went down and then it's like when you're dead wrong you're like damn i don't know why i thought that way i know exactly what you're talking i'm about. gonna go huff paint so, <laughs> so the next interview we got guys uh, uh is kind of like one of the, the best bands from the new wave of the Metal Blade record scene. Um, I got to, while they were out here um, at the dive bar with Cattle Decapitation and Goat Whore, I got to sit down with a quick chat uh, with Greg Burgess from Allegion. I can never say too many syllables. You guys know me. Um, but anyways, uh, we got to talk while uh, out in front. So there's a little bit of a little bit of a background noise but actually it sounded pretty good so uh it was too real for them if they don't like it it's too real it's It's too too real real for you if you don't like this interview but anyways dude excellent interview let's uh let's let's hear what me and him had to chat about right here all right everybody this is better with the metal sucks podcast i am here with greg from a legion what up dude how are you doing sir awesome so uh as you know we are doing the metal blade we're doing the special episode of the metal blade 35th so first question right out of the bat how did you guys get signed by metal blade back in 2010 lots of begging no, 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 was it? <laughs> not really. No, we uh, we did an EP on our own, and then uh, we shopped it around, and uh, Metal Blade just uh, became interested over the course of a couple months. Now, when know. Metal Blade gets interested, I mean, does that like is it surreal for a second? Because growing up, like the name for most metal people are like, all right, this is this is a uh, foundation where you can have a long career at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think for me, because I, I'm kind of, I've always been the oldest dude in the band, yeah. you know, like I grew up with the Metal Blade samplers and, you know, you know, the early Cannibal Corpse stuff. And, you know, I'm a huge Armored Saint fan. Yes. You know, and uh, so for me, it was like, it was a dream come true for sure and then you know it's like those early slayer records with the you know mountains of coke and like 
Is that real? I'm like, what? Give me the, give me the scoop, you know? Yeah, I know. So, for people that know, it's the haunt in the chapel. It's the vinyl, right? It's got the, mount, <laughs> yeah. the all the picture thing. They got I th- the actually, I think it's Hello Waits. It is Hello Waits, yeah. dude. I said the wrong one. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Hello Waits. <laughs> but they got the yeah on the on the vinyl. That's uh, and they still when the reissue vinyl still has the Hello Waits. Really? Yeah, oh hell yeah! It's still got the same picture, so which is which is great. So who was the holy shit? I'm label mates with this band. Was it Armored Saint? I mean. Yeah, well, actually, John was in Anthrax. Yeah. So, I mean, Armored Saint was kind of, they weren't doing anything. So it wasn't really that. I think, you know, I think it would have to be Cannibal Corpse and Black Dahlia, for sure. No, I totally get it. Yeah. So um, what was the first tour you had with, like, label mates on the, uh, like, Metal Blade? What was the first one that they kind of set you out with? Um, I think it, when we did the Abiotic and, and Rivers of Nile one with Wretched back in like 2013, uh, oh, I, th- wow. I think that was the first time. I mean, because we'd been on Metal Blade for a while, but we we had been struggling to get tours. So that was the first time I think we went out with, with label mates. And then so. since then, is this is this the biggest one that you guys have been on? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, hands down, this is the biggest this, tour this we've ever done. This is a big one, yeah. so... Uh, no, no, I mean that's no doubt. So any uh, any stories so far? You only got about two weeks left on this one, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. We had tour aids for a while that put us all kind of out of commission. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, who started it? Who started the tour aids? I, I, you know what? I think it was our merch girl. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, yeah. you know, at least it's not another bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's 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 cool. So um, anybody like um. During the during this tour, mm-hmm. you guys are the band that is probably the most accessible to new listeners. Do you agree with me or disagree? You got the most kind of melody kind of in the mix. So well, I would I would think that's Necromancing the Stone by far. Oh, okay. uh, but I I think that we've been around. I mean, this is my tenth year in yeah. the band. I'm celebrating ten years with the Legion, and I I think that. Uh, I think out of all the bands, we might be benefiting the most because we've had so many records out. Uh, you know, our fourth record came out last year, and you know we're, you know, we, it's just been an upward trajectory. Yeah. You know, we just did seventy thousand tons, and then we did Ozfest before that. So this tour is kind of like, it's it's just perfect for us because with you know when you got awesome bands like like Cattle yeah. and Goat Horror, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of crossover in fan bases. White Chop has a very different fan base. So I'm, you know, some when we get those fans, that's awesome. That's what but I was we thinking. we don't really expect White Chapel fans to like like us that much. Uh-huh. But uh when we when it came down to it, it was like, dude, I th- I think cattle, you know, we can win some fans with the cattle and goat horror guys. So. 100%. I'm a huge cattle and yeah. goat horror fan yeah. and I'm a fan of your guys. I, I, I understand Whitechapel, but yeah, yeah, so I see what you're saying. We're yeah. all kind of like in the same boat there. So, yeah. who do you think's the best guitar player on this tour, yourself included? Uh, well, I can't say myself. I know you can't. That, yeah, that's but. heresy. Um, <laughs> but you can think it. I I can. De- I think Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he's incredibly young. When he gets to be my age, I'm just fearful of what he's going to be able to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, Mike. Definitely, hands, Mike. Hands nice, down. dude. So. So like you said, you were on your 10-year. That's kind of the milestone for most bands these days. It's yeah. like, all right, your 10-year is the make or break. Your trajectory is going upward. Yes. The new record was fantastic. So were the last three, though. So, um, And you're getting all these tours now that you're going. Mm-hmm. So what's the next step for you guys? Are you looking to start like a, a headlining tour? 
um, in states and Europe, anything like that? Or well, you- we are. I mean, right now we're looking at Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, they're having meetings about this this week, actually. Um, but uh, we're also looking to do a co-headliner based, based on my conversation with management. But uh, we have kind of been like I said before, we were struggling with tours for so long that mm-hmm. we were headlining everything. So our agent, Dan Rosenblum, he's kind of he's like, I want you just to support for a while. I mean, he's a real smart guy. So you kind of like, listen trust to, those yeah, things, yeah. You, you listen to what he says. So I'm not really sure what's happening. Um, but uh, but the rest of 2017, you are planning on touring. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. We, right now, we don't we don't know what's going on. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, I mean. We need to go to Europe. It's it's our fourth record. We just need to get overseas. So I think that's that's our main focus, and that's our management's main focus right now. So awesome. I think it'll happen. I think I think I think that would yeah. be a fantastic fantastic move, especially yeah. for you guys. I think you guys would do fantastic out there. So um, Metal Blade Records. Back to that real quick. Yeah. If you had, I know this is a tough one. If you had to pick one Metal Blade record, that you would be like, all right, this oh, is man. the only one. This is my one record from the whole label. What would it be? You can, you know what? I'll I, get, you know I'm gonna I'll have give you to three say, every decade, every decade. So. I'm gonna have to say symbol of salvation. Oh, you that's the one. That's, that's mine. That's the one. I like, I that album was totally changed how I perceived metal when I was a kid. Like, you know, before I even got to high school, that's I just spun that record over and over and over again, and I love every song on it. It's like a masterpiece. It's it's funny you said that because we take a lot of flack for John Bush era Anthrax being our favorite. Oh, uh, it's my favorite. It's your too. favorite too, right? Yeah. I, I was just about to say that because when you said similar, I'm like, he's got to be a John Bush. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I am a devout John Bush fan. I have no problem with Belladonna, but I I think John Bush is just I I just think he's can you imagine more talented. worship music with John Bush on vocals? Oh, I, I think it, would be, it was amazing. I, I, it was worship, amazing as it was, it, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I with just, John Bush, it would have been that much better. It would have been like it would have been their finest hour. Yeah, because <laughs> that record I, was flawless. I'd yeah. be very interested to see what For All Kings would sound like with John. It's me too. That's every record I hear, and it's like because they're writing these amazing records. Yeah, but like you just know his vocal, and that's another thing about Belladonna that I mean. He never has an off night. Every time I've seen Anthrax yeah. and Belladonna, he nails it. Well, they they call him like one take, one take Joey, right? Like yeah, he never has to do more than one take. Or they back in the day, that's what they used to say. I don't. Yeah, I, but so. with John Bush, every time I've seen him live, he's never missed a beat. No, man, you know, no. I just picked up that live record they put out, uh, Armored Saint, and I mean, it's just Carpe Noctum. Yeah, yeah. flawless, flawless. The only, my only critique is it's forty minutes. I mean, <laughs> that was it. I was like, dude, I got last train home, but I want like six more. Right. You know, <laughs> it was really funny. Like the. I've only seen Armored Saint once, and it was on the Revelations tour. Like, oh, man, it must have been, like, 2004, maybe? And John Bush wrote me a pass to get out of class the next day. And I'll never forget this wow. because he's like, we're going to be here really, really late if anybody needs a pass for work or class. I was like, dude, I got music theory at 8 a.m. I signed me up. And he, he laughed so hard. He's like, dude, I've been wanting to do this all tour. And I'd love to share that story with him at some point if Dude. I ever meet the guy. Oh, you got you know what? I, I gotta tell you, you guys covered a Rush song on the, on the new record. Yeah, I highly recommend. This is just as a fan covering a song off Silver Blood Salvation. Any song. It's already been talked. Oh, about. you guys already had a conversation. We've already had this conversation with Metal Blade actually. And which one would you pick? Do I? I don't. I don't want to give it away. Oh, okay, yet, you're right. Because when it right. happens, but I mean, I would love to have John come sing with us if possible. Got when we do all it. the people to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I know people that are listening right now are as excited as I am to have that moment happen. But that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, nothing set in stone, obviously, but fingers crossed. Because I mean, he is he is like I for me, John Bush is kind of like he's timeless. He's kind of like 
a lot of people say like Rod Stewart is like the best like rock singer of all time because he's got kind of that really raspy bluesy voice yeah. and for me it's John Bush's you know as for as like for heavy metal he is he is my Rod Stewart. <laughs> uh, it, mine too. It's awesome because whenever people are like, "Who's the greatest metal vocalist of all time?" I always want to say John Bush, but John then Bush. They, they'll throw Dio at me, and I'm like, "I can't argue with you." No, right? that's or, that's. I can't, can't argue with the Halford or the Dio, but no, like you for can't. me, it's John Bush. Yeah. And I always try to tell people, "Look, man, you know, I was born in the '80s. Yeah. When when Sound of a White Noise and similar when Similar Salvation and Sound of a White Noise came right. out, that defined how yeah. I wanted to hear my voice. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, oh, dude, and you can't you can't say a bad word about Sound of White Noise either. It's amazing. Not a bad dude. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I stand by every one of those records. Yeah, Stomp 442. Uh, yeah, I stand, We Come I For You All that, was dude. amazing. Yeah, We Come For You was amazing, and yeah. Volume 8 was amazing. Volume 8, oh, dude, Volume 8, I wore that out. I had to get two copies yeah. of Volume 8. So, yeah. and, and out here in Vegas, Paul Crook actually plays at the uh, Rock of Ages show. Oh, that's so awesome. I, every time I, and now I think he's on tour with Meatloaf, but every time I see him, I'm like, because I know he didn't write, do the actual right. record, but he was in the band at the time. I'm always asking about volume eight questions yeah. he's like dude nobody cares <laughs> I'm like, I that's care. that's not true there are <laughs> I, some of us that care paul <laughs> truly man so yeah that is uh but that the symbol is that right when you said it man you saw the joy in my face yeah that is no. that is the to me top metal record of all time yeah but i dude. also think it's one of the most top top records in metal period yeah. yeah and it was really funny like uh the first time i ever met brian slagle that was that was my my big question it was like hey hellraiser three when when uh Armored Saint gets murdered in Hellraiser 3. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like, that's I, I, I want to talk about this. <laughs> Let's do it. I remember two <laughs> things about Hellraiser 3. Because when it came out, it was like 93. Yeah. There was boobs, and yep. there was a sex scene where I was like, that chick's hot, yep. and Armored Saint got killed. That's, yes. Yes, in that scene, actually, when they all came out at the end, was pretty good. And that, dude, I'll, you know what? i got to revisit Hellraiser 3. It, was, it still stands up it as like really? a good slasher film. Yeah. i got to tell you, when I revisited Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, I liked it, but... The fact that he kind of had his moment, Pinhead had his moment where he was like sad, human. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I didn't, I didn't like those. It was too early because in Hellraiser three, he came back strong, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But anyways, Armored Saint, Hellraiser Armored three. Saint. If you guys haven't seen that, it came out in '92. Check it out. If you don't own Silver Salvation, you're missing. Buy it. it right now. But the other record you need to buy is the latest from Allegiant. Pro Proponent of sentience. I, dude, I can't never say it right. Say it right for me. Proponent for sentience. Thank you so much. Oh, I completely blew it. It's got a, uh, it's got, a, you know, speed from Soy Work on a song on yeah. there. Like I said, if you guys like Rush, they kill uh, a good Rusher cover on there. But the, the originals is where it's at. Yeah. And the fact that you, you, thank you for giving me a 70-minute record because for me, when I get a record. Like I said, I, with, with this record, with this the latest one you guys did, I broke it down in six songs so I can absorb it all. Yeah, that's yeah, I know it's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot for people to take in, but at the same time, no one's making you to listen. You don't have to listen to start to finish either. You know, I don't. I don't, maybe it's my brain, but I don't know how someone can listen to a Meshuggah record from start to finish and absorb it all. Right. So much is going on. There's, there's I always a lot of, break it up in like stuff. four songs at a time, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of metal bands are like that with me. I don't know. Are, are you one of the guys that can go all the way through and listen to everything? There, is, and there are certain certain albums that I can, but for for the most part, it is very. It does have to be sectional. Yeah. Because I mean, I guess it's on your drive. Right? Yeah, that's, that's the, what it that's is. That's mainly when we're listening to music. I think is when we're driving to work or whatever. So you have to have it sectional. And that's that's what I'll do is I'll go back to the four songs and be like, let me absorb these four, man. Because yeah. otherwise, if I just keep going through, I think with any music, it's you, gonna you get tend lost. to get yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna miss like a, an amazing track eleven yeah. or something. You right. Know? So that's and just that's it. that's how I am with Tech Death in general because like yes. you're listening to it, you're really burning calories, <laughs> right? Yes. Because it's so dense that you you really have to 
like delve it like track by track to really get everything out of it i 100 percent agree like yeah. with the band like and i know it's not a metal blade band on, on this episode but like origin like you got oh, yeah you gotta listen to like three or fourths and just yeah. like yeah but if you just go through even yeah. cattle decapitation oh yeah i mean yeah, that's a sure. big one for me where i'm like let me break this down in some some and let me really get to the songs because then like to me I mean, you just you just get those deep cuts that right. you're like that's the one that's my favorite yeah. now you know rather than um well, I can't watch their videos, but I can watch your guys. <laughs> Dude, not one view. <laughs> you got a weak stomach? <laughs> yeah, that was a que- that was a question we asked. Like, we, uh, we asked somebody else. We're like, "Dude, who pays for those cattle decapitation videos? Those things are amazing." But anyway, so, so um, Greg, man, it's been a pleasure to meet oh, you. Dude, thank it's you for been having amazing. Me, I can't wait to see you guys later on tonight. Um, guys, come get their new record. It is called Proponent for Sentience. Boom. There you go. My my accent doesn't let me say that. It's it's my European tongue sorry <laughs> anyways but and catch them on this tour guys like i said it's it's going on for two more weeks i think yep the 17th or something i'm not sure but it's with white chapel catechization goat whore allegiant and or necromancing necromancing the stone guys awesome tour so uh thanks again thanks yeah. guys bye thank you
And the song we played for you was not off their newest record, Pro... I couldn't even say it in the interview. Proponent? Proponent? Of sentience. Proponent of sentience? Yeah, that's, that's, he said it in the interview. You yeah, yeah. I can't say it. Dude, that record is amazing. The song we played actually was on the, the record Previous Elements of the Infinite 1.618. Song's just amazing. I just wanted to throw it out there. Because we're, we're celebrating the entire Metal Blade catalog right now. We're not just celebrating Well, we can't the play news. the entire Metal Blade catalog. I mean, like, we're, we're, we're not celebrating the entire Metal Blade yes, catalog. No, we're celebrating Metal Blade. It's like, we can't celebrate the whole catalog that's we well, only got so long we are the show's only but so long we're, we're, we're put we're picking the songs that we're throwing in there so anyways yeah great interview man just one of the coolest dudes out there i just hope everybody's supporting that band because like i said they're they're uh, i think kind of the main newer band of the newer era so um anyways and then uh the last interview we got for you guys um is is a doozy it's it's a blast dude we got to talk to trevor from the block dahlia murder we got to a lot of information about a new record and all that stuff so uh let's hit it dude let's let's talk to trevor yeah listen listen to this doozy of an interview did i say doozy fucking asshole it was yummy all right here's trevor from black dahlia murder metal sucks podcast guys it's pete it's brandon we are here with trevor from the black dahlia murder how's it going trevor uh, good man, holding it down here in Michigan, lovely Michigan. How's the weather? Are you are you part of that snow Mageddon uh, thing? I was, man, I was. And before that, there was the windstorm that knocked my power out for about a week. So it's been pretty interesting around here in the last while. We we're in Vegas, so yeah, we don't get anything uh, yeah. like that. Anything. So when when we see it in the paper, we're like, oh yeah. Like, oh, sorry guys, <laughs> but yeah, dude, New York man, that whole blizzard thing that looked pretty hairy. Yeah, it looked ins- oh insane. Yeah. So um, what what let's talk let's let's start by talking about Metal Blade here. This is our Metal Blade uh, anniversary though. What is your Metal Blade story? I mean, how did you guys get signed to that label? Uh, well, I mean, Metal Blade is one of the labels I've been following since I was a kid. Mm. You know, um, I knew who Brian Slagle was since I was like 13 or whatever. And, you know, getting into Cannibal Corpse and Broken Hope and Immolation and all the stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, we sent out a, a package that had like an EP that we had put out at the time. We had a couple songs that were going to be on Unhollowed that we did demos of to show those off too. And we sent those out to like 30 labels and uh, 29 rejection letters later, Metal Blade <laughs> called us up. <laughs> it's like, but that's like the one you want. That's awesome. Right. It <laughs> was, yeah. And it came so much later, you know, that I thought it was a joke at first, honestly. And uh, Mike Faley called it us up. And at that time, I didn't know who he was. You know what I mean? So I was like, this isn't Slagle, but he says he's like a high, you know, a higher up there. I was like, who is this guy? What's going on? And then they called back again, and I was like, okay, this is this is real. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that was the day my whole life changed, man, was, uh, you know, we're going to put everything on hold. We're going to quit school. We're going to go try to be a real band. <laughs> Chase that dream. Now, when they That's called, right, man. when they called, were you just like, Mark, stop fucking with me. Is this Mark? Like, <laughs> I was like, well, what the hell is this, you know? And, uh, man, it was exciting, I got to tell you, you know, and. I mean, that was the the moment, dude. And uh, I don't know. They just always have taken such a liking to us. And I think that that Brian uh, sees himself in me a little bit and being the neurotic uh, dude that knows all the bands and stuff. And uh, it's just, you know, a total diehard. So I think he saw his nerdy little self in me. You know what I mean? So. Oh, you got to give yourself some credit for putting out like, you know, seven excellent records on the label, too. Is it seven or eight now? 
Abysmal uh, was coming eight. up, man. Oh, eight is coming up this year. Yeah, eight is coming up. Yep, yep. Oh. It's, we're actually uh, in the studio whacking away right now. Just uh, I'm not to my part yet, so I get to sit in my uh, pajama pants for a while yet. So that's cool. Right. <laughs> when your part gets, if the wind comes and takes out the electricity, you're gonna be you're gonna be just uh, like, oh, yeah. Snowmageddon did it again. Yeah, <laughs> right? I didn't even think about that. Now yeah. I'm sweating. You're gonna have your girlfriend. <laughs> you're gonna have your girlfriend running on a giant hamster wheel. Run faster! Yeah. More electricity! <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> we gotta get these vocals. <laughs> now, uh, so speaking of, like, what would you? This is gonna be a tough one. What is your favorite Metal ba- Blade release? And you can't say your own record because actually that's a huge accomplishment. But uh, we're, dude, I'm not we're assuming guy. we're assuming we're not going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is that hard for me because they, they have so many classics. You know. Uh, yes. I guess the first thing to pop in my mind is the Bleeding by Cannibal Corpse, which yeah. is to me, it's in the the top five greatest death metal records of all time. So, I mean, I love that album. I think that album is just godly. It's death metal art in its highest form. Catchy you know, thoughtful, uh, you know, that's when cannibal became technical and, you know, just, uh, I don't know, man, it's just a special album. So, I mean, that's the one for me. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That's, that's, I think, I think that's, uh, for everybody is I mean, there's, was, uh, was the one that uh, they got Slayer though. I mean, hell awaits, man. Come on. That's awesome. It is awesome. Ooh, I don't, I, that's a tough one. Are you bleeding or hell awaits Brandon? I I'd have to say Hello Wait just because. Oh, that's Slayer, you. I'm gonna well, go bleeding. Yeah, right. Slayer, man. It's well, yeah. Like, you know. I mean, that's that's kind of what introduced me to Metal Blade was Slayer. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, me too. Slayer was my first, uh, you know, look into Metal Blade. You know, and I was thinking about this earlier. You know, thinking about this interview. Uh, how many labels do you know where you know the guy that's running it? You know, Slagle was was smart to be like out in front like he is. You know what I mean? Like people know who the guy is. They know he's a passionate dude that, you know, he, he's interviewed all the time. He's, uh, you know, he was smart to be like that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who the head of century media is. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You right. know? <laughs> he's like the Barry Gordy of metal without fucking. Yeah. You guys, hell yeah you know? dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, without the rape. He's the Barry Gordy of metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on occasion though, there's gotta be like some, some complaints cause they're a company, right? So, 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 so say like, you know, I get the 3D glasses from the, the latest DVD you guys put out, Fool em All, right? And I put the 3D uh-huh. glasses on, and I don't feel I have the same experience from, like, a movie theater. Now, do I, in a right metal blade, like, hey, guys, I didn't get the 3D experience I wanted from Fool em All, right? What will uh-huh. they do? Are they going to say, no, go see Trevor, and he'll give you some free merch? Or are they going to they're gonna, they're gonna compensate me? What, what do you think is going to happen in that situation? I think uh, Slagle will bust through the wall like the company. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And say, here's some new 3D glasses. Yeah, it doesn't get more 3D than actual 3D, you know? Yeah, and it's the old school 3D glasses, too, the red and the blues, you know? It, oh, yeah, it was. Bust. Yeah. He's going to bust through, and he'll be red and blue. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just want it. Like, I want a 3D documentary yeah. on Metal Blade like that. Do you remember Smell-O-Vision? Do you remember that? Oh, God. It was like Married with Children did like something. I went to 7-Eleven. I think it was like Simpsons. Simpsons, Simpsons did it? Yeah. Do you remember that, Trevor? Uh, I remember the term. It sounds like something that a Weird Al would do, you know? Right. Yeah, you'd like watch the TV show, and then you would scratch something, and you'd smell rotten egg. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was <laughs> So anyways, let's uh, let's go to the Black Dahlia murder, which I mean, we're all excited that the, a new record is expected this year. All that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about Abysmal, uh, the last record, which was phenomenal, by the way. But Receipt, 
uh, that song off the off the last record. It is like the manliest song about suicide since uh, Pantera Suicide Note Part Two. Where were you mentally when you penned those lyrics? Uh, I was actually in the midst of a a terrible writer's block, and I was kind of in a state of panic and just feeling, you know, it, it, it kind of uh, the pressure mounts with every album. I think, you know, uh, a bit more. And I always have this point where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm done. You know, like I, right. I don't have any more horrible things to say. I used every terrible word there was a hundred times, you know, and I have a little freak out. And uh, yeah, Receipt came from a place of genuine darkness. And, uh, you know, it was a very cathartic song. And Abysmal was written, the uh, the song was written kind of in the same breath. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, once I got those songs out, I was like, ah, that felt good. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and it is dark. And I realized that there's so many lame suicide songs. You know what I mean? There's so many lame ones. But there's so a whole I, genre know, called indie rock. That's, yeah, uh, that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Third eye so, blind. You know, you know. <laughs> I knew it was kind of a risky thing and I knew it was super played out. But I just thought, I don't know. It just, you know, it came from a place of realness. And, it, you know, I thought maybe uh, somebody could relate to it, you know. And I thought maybe as an opener, it'd be kind of a different move, too. You know what I mean? Than kind of like the weird ballad stuck halfway through the album that's usually about suicide or something. You know what I mean? Oh, I think it, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. And, uh, and as an artist, though, like when you do get that writer block, I mean, that has to fill you with genuine fear, right? I mean, that's- oh, dude, it, it's just my everything, man. I have every egg in my life is in this basket. I have no, right. no plan B. I have no savings. I have nothing. You know what I mean? Like. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of it is good pressure. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, wow, the fans have, you know, the fans have spoken. They like this song. They like these lyrics, you know, to a different song. You know, I've tried to pay attention to that kind of stuff and uh, in a way, give them what they want and kind of feel out what they like the best. And it's usually the most macabre, the most fucked up stuff I can write is what they seem to to latch onto, you know, so I keep that in mind for sure. Right. And uh, Trevor, I'm going to get really real with you for a second here. So Pete wrote out the questions and yeah, I got I got this is a question. I'm he goes, hey. it's dark. Yeah. He's like, read number six. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, what the fuck Pete? So <laughs> it's a good question, <laughs> yeah, Trevor. Ignore him. Yeah. So he, he goes, uh, this is what he writes. He goes, if I ever take my life, I have decided that receipt is the motivator. And last song, this I, the last would song I would listen to. to. And he goes, true. what song would you listen to before you take your life? <laughs> God damn. Yeah. That's, that's a good a, question. That's a far cry from how's the tour you know it's just <laughs> yeah that is that's pretty heavy man but trevor what's your suicide song come on <laughs> dude i don't know man i guess i'd have to blame it on ozzy you know what I mean? I'd, yeah oh, that suicide is. silence yeah I'm, no, no. <laughs> oh yeah we could go suicide silence i'm no, i'm gonna go uh yeah suicide solution you know i'm gonna reopen the court case and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're Dude, back. I knew I'd get that answer. That's, That's a I good I answer. Said suicide silence. I meant suicide solution. I yeah. fucked up. I but fucked yeah, up you know, me. you could. I guess in a way, suicide silence. You know, you could go with that too, right? right. The whole band. The, not... the whole band is a. Is a... <laughs> That's, yeah, it's a bad way to. Go. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. But uh, anyway, so uh, now uh, a lot of the death metal guys and black metal guys, I'm sure you noticed, they're going country. And uh, if you were going to go to a different genre of music, what would you try? Um, I'm a punk guy, man. You know, yeah. just as much as I like, uh, death metal, I've come up in like in hardcore and punk, you know, uh, honestly around here, there wasn't just like an isolated death metal scene, at least that I could find for us to kind of, you know, come up in at all. So we were just playing with whoever, man. And a lot of time it was like, 
you know, the early metalcore stuff that was like Prayer for Cleansing and uh, Undying. And I mean, that those were like our hugest influence in the day. So, you know, we started in the hardcore scene, you know, I have no bones, you know, revealing that. But uh, so, yeah, you know, I used to sing in kind of like punk bands in high school. And sh- that's kind of where I cut my teeth, you know, so. I could sing in a band like No Effects and probably be a very happy man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. And uh, last last we heard, you guys canceled some Canadian dates due to an emergency surgery. Everyone okay? Uh, yeah, everyone's okay. And one of us isn't going to have kids. Oh, anymore. damn. <laughs> That's some but personal there was, stuff. There was some complications with it. I like how you said know. everyone's gonna have, not going to have kids, and then you just left out a laugh. You're like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> no legacy for you, fuckface. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't do that. It, it wasn't me, but you know, <laughs> right. I don't want to have kids, but I also don't want to have the same complications as uh, – blank person had right oh, right man damn dude Which canada understands why the tour was cut then they're dude, fine canada is so nice dude we've screwed them twice now and they're always just so nice about it you know yeah they're like here take our free health care oh it would have kind of worked out there yeah so uh and then uh new record anything you want to say about the new record is there a producer lined up is there anything uh, uh man i mean it's all it's all happening dude it, everybody's in that you know like it's all planned out it's the drums are almost done now so the guitar phase will start soon but i don't really want to spill too many beans about it this is pretty yeah. much the most i've said about it to this point like no, that that's totally cool but did you guys yeah. get a permanent replacement for uh for ryan or uh yeah we actually uh had brandon ellis join the band a while back and um the news about that's been kind of slow in getting around actually but mm-hmm. uh and, you know, we haven't taken photos with him, too, which is another thing. So, we, you know, we have appearances coming up with these old flyers, and it's been kind of confusing for fans, I think. But, uh, yeah, he's been with us for a long time now. Basically, the way that whole thing unfolded was uh, Ryan told us he was going to step down, and um, he gave us about a year and a half to figure things out, which was about the coolest thing you can do as a, a, a member that's leaving the band. You know, he did everything in his power to make things smooth. He actually chose Brandon to replace him you know and he said this guy can do it this guy can you know probably do the job better than me is what he said you know and we were like wow fuck so that is uh you know we started talking to brandon and he uh, had a year to learn everything which you know he didn't need he's a he's like a prodigy you know so by the time that he stepped in the band i mean it was perfect you know like he just came in and, and rocked it so it's been you know the smoothest transition and there's no bad blood with ryan at all like he just needed a change, man. He, you know, he left, uh, literally drove from his child's birth to start playing with us the very first time. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, and also, you know, it, it put a, a shelf life on it right there. You know what I mean? Like from that moment, I was like, we're only going to have this guy for a while. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, it was bittersweet, man. The entire time it was in the back of my mind, you know? And, uh, but we knew he'd have to go home. You know, he did the best he could. He was a great dad. Like I saw him doing, you know, going above and beyond to be a good dad while he was out on the road. And, uh, you know, he, it was just time to go home, man. And I think that the, the grinding of tour just got to him. And, it, you know, I think most people that have left the band, that's why, man, because how much camping can you take is really the bottom line. You know what I mean? Like how much can you operate on little sleep and how much can you stand camping and being filthy? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And it's, you guys tour like, I mean – yeah. On average, how many dates a year? Like, did you guys do like uh, 200 or something? Uh, yeah, we'd normally do 200. It's kind of slowed down a little bit. I think that the popularity has afforded us a little more time at home because, you know, we can create a little anticipation now. 
Whereas before we would do, I think the longest was like 11 weeks straight where we just did like three tours back to back. You would just end one and drive to the beginning of the next, you know? So we hit it hard. I mean, our philosophy basically since day one has been, there's no saying no, like you can't, you can't have another priority. There can't be something that stops you from going on tour with us. Like if you're coming in the band, like you are saying yes. And there is no, no, like if there's an opportunity to be had, we're taking it. You know, like that has been the credo of the band this entire time. And I think that that's been a lot of the success, you know, it's just the, the diehard commitment and, uh, you know, just willingness to do it, man. You know, we just never have, have wavered in that, you know? And, and is that one of the, the, is that like the glue that binds pretty much? I mean, you know, just a, did, was that like a prerequisite right when everybody got together? Like, look, we are doing this. If you cannot, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? As like, soon as metal, uh, you got that metal blade contract, you're like, this is 200. Well, I mean, that sure. definitely helped, you know, solidify it. But I mean, I think I was the guy that really brought that idea of we are going to get the fuck out of here into the band. You know, I was the last one to kind of come into the band. Really. They were, you know, looking through singers and stuff when I came in and, uh, you know, I'd like been on a really bunky ass tour with a previous band and just got a taste for it, you know, and it was just so exciting, you know, even though it wasn't successful by any means, but all I wanted was to leave town and be received by someone on the other end. You know what I mean? Like that just seemed like a dream because we were nerds here, man. You know, we were nerds in the scene. I don't think we were taken seriously by the people here at all. So, you know, we wanted a flesh, a fresh uh, platform for our music to be heard, you know, without some kind of judgment, you know. So that was a really big deal. And um, it's, you know, so really once we got signed and stuff, it just gave us the vehicle to do what we wanted. And honestly, part of it was the, literally the vehicle that Metal Blade helped us get because that was one of our the things that was holding us back then. You know, we we're driving to shows in four cars and shit like a bunch of assholes. You know, right. <laughs> we'll meet at the venue. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> at the venue, um, like the Blues Brothers or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... yeah, I remember just like sitting in a car full of drums and stuff like that. And uh, you know, the first couple of times we left town to like go to Indiana and shit, it was the same thing, like a train of Saturns. You know. <laughs> Whoa, you're going back. You know, and it's funny because you were talking about, uh, you know, being nerdy and just kind of how no one really took you seriously. But don't you think that's one of the things that kind of uh, helped you stand out? Like more and more people were looking at you going like, hey, I'm like that. That guy's me. You know, like I'm oh, going to give that guy a chance. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I, th- You know, I've realized that that is uh, I think what draws a lot of people to the band, you know, is uh, we were an alternative to what was out there in a lot of ways, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I think people see us as an everyman band and they see me as the everyman. I'm literally proof that anybody can do this. I mean, look at me, dude. Do I look like I belong here? No. You know, <laughs> so that, that's been cool. I think it's been refreshing to people and they just see how real we are. You know, at first, uh, we didn't even want to be photographed because we didn't want people to know this is who we were. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, we, because and uh, it's true that it's been dividing. You know, some people just looked at us and were like metalcore or you know can't be true no no possible way these guys could actually like metal you know like (laughs) right and it still divides us you know what i mean but uh you know i think every record we ran over a few more elitists that wear leather jackets and your patches and stuff and um you know it's it's not worth being mad about i don't care you know what i mean like to 
to be here and have a bunch of different fans of all walks, I think is awesome, man. Dude, yeah. You're working yeah, on your eighth record, dude. You're, you yeah, made yeah, it. I'm you know? so yeah. thankful. Yeah, I'm being so genuine is the only way to be, to sur survive, I think. You got to be genuine and real with people. I, yeah. I think that they just, I don't know, you know, like I think that they just see it, you know, that, that we're passionate. Like this is my whole life, man, obviously. Like I've... I eat, sleep, and breathe metal, man. You know what I mean? To the point that it's stupid and probably ridiculous to a lot of people. You know, even people close to me. You know what I mean? So, but there's, a, but that, but that helps you being at the place that you're at. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't love it so much, you probably wouldn't be here. I know. So you know, I'm I'm happy, dude, and I like that. It's given me the ability to just totally put my blinders on to everything that sucks in life you know what i mean like, yeah, i great. barely i barely look at pop culture i barely you know what i mean like i don't even know what's going on out there half the time like with the, the garbage that most people are force-fed because i'm just just too busy up my own ass in this other world you know what i mean so see this sounds so awesome. positive the fact that you wrote like a song about suicide is so weird to me no, it's it's just, you know, but i'm you know like i'm a just like everybody else, man, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed, you know, oh, I get I'm it, fucking yeah. anxious. I'm, uh, especially at home. It's, you know, it's a harsh reality to come home and be basically in the town where I grew up and, you know, I'm back to where nobody takes me seriously. You know what I mean? And I don't expect the world to take me seriously or, you know, fucking, you know, put a coat down when I come up to a mud puddle or some bullshit. You know what I mean? But it's just weird to, you know, go home and, you know, I have my parents up my ass and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just like everybody else. And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a slob here at home. You know what I mean? Like I do all my living kind of out on the road where I don't have to care kind of, it's, it's like an escape, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like chivalry, chivalry is dead in Michigan. I don't like that. Nobody's putting yeah, coats I, down yeah, for Trevor. I've got to jump over the puddles. <laughs> awesome, man. So <laughs> last question, dude. So, um, I wanted to bug you about horror movie stuff. Cause uh, I know you're into that stuff and, uh, a series that I'm curious if you've seen or care about Ash versus the evil dead. What is your take on this series? Do you like it? Um, I've seen um, the whole first season and only a couple of the second one. I'm getting caught up. Mm -hmm. I do really, really, really like it. Excellent. Me too. Uh, yeah. I love Ash. I mean, as a kid, there's nothing cooler to me than Evil Dead 2. Like, we watched the hell out of that. And Army of Darkness as well. And I feel like the show is, is basically Army of Darkness continued. You know what I mean? It has, yes. like, the mod the modern era, you know what I mean? Where he, you know, he's existing in the modern world. I love that. He's like kind of past tense hero. You know what I mean? He's a little, he's got the, the fat belly and stuff and they bust on him all the time about it. And, you know, I love the extremity too. There's so much gore, man. The effects are really good, you know? So yeah, it really, it ticks all my boxes, man. So, Excellent. and I come in so skeptical on stuff, man. I barely check out any kind of reboot or, you know, I'm such a like hard ass about new movies. I hate them for the most part oh, or yeah. new anything. They're bad, so. dude. Yeah, <laughs> they are bad. It's not just me. It's so. not just you. Yeah. But I, I, I really love the show. I think it's good. Great. And then uh, you always introduce us. I said that was the last question. I got one more question. See, I'm being a dick. Okay. But, <laughs> so you always yeah, introduce yeah, us to like underground metal bands. You, you, I mean, you do that whole thing. Is there? Are you the same with the underground horror movies? You, is there anything that we won't know about that you might have seen, or is it? Are you kind of like with the the mainstream on the horror movie stuff? Um, there's nothing like really um, super off the grid I could bring up. Um, mm. 
Bio Omega, um, Beyond the Darkness. I mean, it's old. It's an old Italian one. Uh, that's that song influenced or that that movie influenced our song uh, D- Death Mass Divine. So oh, nice. In, in the in the movie, there's a guy embalming his lover like at his house, and uh, there's like a, a chivalry is her, dead in there too. Oh yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> a chick that gets her uh, fingernails ripped out of her hand while she's alive with pliers. I mean, it's a pretty hairy movie. Whoa. But uh, yeah, Beyond the Darkness, man, I recommend it. It's pretty, pretty insane. Excellent. Well, Trevor, dude, it was a absolute joy to finally get a chat with you. Um, like I said, um, expect a new record, people from Black Dahlia. Uh, he's, he said it's in the works. Everything's great. Metal Blade yeah, 35th think, anniversary. Uh, Go ahead. In the fall, it should be out. Ooh, exciting, exciting, sir. So, and any touring before that? Probably not. Or uh, yeah, we do have dates formulating. There's stuff up already on the on the. Uh, the good old Facebook. We have uh, Australia, and then we have some festival appearances in in Europe. But we will be back in the states uh, soon, and uh, there'll be some info creeping out about that in the near future. Awesome, no doubt. All right, Trevor, thank you so much, man, for giving us a call. No, thanks. It was fun, dude. Anytime. Awesome, right on, brother. Take care. Bye. Bye, guys.
All right, guys, and that was uh, the song you just heard was a receipt from Black Dahlia Murder off their last record, Abysmal. As you heard, we're expecting a new one this year. But, uh, yeah, that suicide question I asked about the last song. (laughs) You made me uncomfortable, bro. I was too real for you. You were too (laughs) real. I keep it real. You could hear, like, Trevor was like, what the fuck are they going to ask? Well, that's that's the thing. It's kind of like when I saw the question, because here's the thing. Like I said, Pete wrote out the question, so I'm, like, kind of looking at him for the first time. I mean, I skimmed over him. No, you did it. No, I did. (laughs) I I skimmed over him, like, five seconds before the interview, and then I saw that question, and it's just kind of like, oh, okay. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. (laughs) Anyways, guys, so we hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, All the interviews were just a blast for us. Like I said, we so are happy to celebrate 35 years with Metal Blade Records in any capacity. Yeah, I mean, they really are one of those foundational record labels. Yeah. and uh, So thank you guys for giving us all that great music. and and, Even Goo Goo Dolls. For sure. So guys, go go check out Metal Blade TV. Go check out the YouTube page for Metal Blade. MetalBlade.com. Check out all the bands, guys. Keep this label another 35 years. So uh, that is all we got for today. We are the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Petra Speich. I'm Brandon Hahn. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.